This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Previously on Talk Time Live Exclusive. Best lesson you learned in your career? Well, I think always keep working at doing your career. Uh, for the first couple of years I lived in LA, I did three things a day uh, for years. Yeah. And no matter what it was, I had to do three. Even if I wasn't feeling well, I did three things a day. Back then it was sending a postcard, watching something you wouldn't watch, something you're not a fan of, like um, maybe like preschool cartoons. Why would I yeah. watch it? I don't have a child. Um, yeah. But I auditioned for that, so I should know it. Um, I'll watch sitcoms that I don't really like. I love that. Um, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I think just keep working hard at working hard. And, uh, for me, I'm always doing, which just reminds me, I have to fill out some paperwork. Um, I always, you know, I, I volunteer to do readings with these kids with uh, charity oh. that bring theater to kids in schools and in oh, awesome. camps. Uh, uh, I, I work with the unusual suspects, uh, feel strongly about it. Um, and you do readings right. of plays that they've written, they're all excited because you come in and do their words. Um, and I, so I, I do student films. I'm doing one right now. Um, well, I finished it. I just forgot to do the paperwork. Uh, right. and I would say at least once or twice a year, I do a project like that, or you do readings for people that just need you to read a play. And, right. None of it's money-based. It's, it's all about just getting out there. It's a passion and a, and a, and a craft. And also giving young people a chance. Which you you do so much, and I that I appreciate the most um, is that you are, you know. There's always been the talk, and you know, when I was in school, you know, studying like uh, philosophy or psychology, there was always a talk about is is something truly altruistic. Yeah. And then I met you. Yeah. You truly are the Hokage. <laughs> This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Believe it! It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Time. Anime, live. comics, movies, and games to come on and let's get it. Talk time live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter where y'all from. And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes, all can learn something new me too i heard worse when no faith is empty i stayed the course though my haters tempt me beat the podcast that'll make them envy it ain't too trendy it's acmg anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time anime comics movies and games come on and let's get it talk time live Welcome back. 
back to the journal of my life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. We got a really fun episode for you today because in our talk topic, I'm going to be reviewing Tetris, uh, which is the new Apple TV film that just came out based on a true story about how Tetris was brought to us in the US and around the world. And it is one of the craziest stories ever told in the history of video games. Like, I mean, really, it, it involves the KGB, it involves a lot of politics into this thing. It, it's like when your parents as a kid, especially when you grew up, when I grew up, because when I grew up, kids weren't, you know, we, we were made to believe that video games wouldn't go anywhere, it's not important or whatever like that, BS. Video games was so important that it involved the KGB and the lives of a lot of people. You know, and, and, and people who are in danger of releasing this game to the U.S. and around the world. It was just it's just insane. I heard about this. I heard about this story ages ago when G4, uh, when the original G4, when G4 was actually awesome, had a bunch of documentaries, one of which was the story of Tetris. And I watched this thing and I was at awe. And I'm like, this can't be this can't be real. I can't believe this is real. It was real. And I was when I year for years, I've been saying this story needs to be put in the in the form of a movie. And by God, we have it. And thank you to Apple TV and Matthew Vaughn, I believe, who was the producer of this as well. And a host of other people we will talk about all that. But I'm going to talk to you why you need to see this as a gamer, as a fan. And just as a person who needs to understand the history of video games and why video games is important <laughs> to people. So we'll talk about that in our talk topic, but we got a lot of other things to talk about. I wasn't able to do the select start episode this week because it was a lot going on. It, we, we, this was WrestleMania week. So it was like, there's a lot going on. Um, and then on top of that, I was doing so much other extra things. For instance, my interview with the one and only Molly Flanagan, which again, thank you, my friend for coming on to the show. Um, awesome time. She is, she is just the best. And hopefully you guys got a chance to see Royal Crackers, which uh, premiered last night at 11 o'clock, the first three episodes. And let me tell you, I absolutely loved every one of them. This show is going to be a favorite. And now you, if you watch it, you understand why they already got a season two before the premiere of the show ever came. So if you haven't got a chance to see it, it is available on HBO Max as well right now. So you can go out of your way and check it out. But I trust me when I tell you, if you're like an old school fan of the of Adult Swim and you like that Adult Swim style of comedy and animated comedy, this is going to be another one. This is going to be one. I love the story. I love the characters. Molly's character, Matt, is a very intricate character, <laughs> to say the least, in this uh, show as well. And then there's some really interesting appearances in, in this uh, show too. So definitely go out of your way and check it out because uh, I was very surprised. I'll just, I'll just say this. I won't spoil it, but episode two will surprise you because of who appeared on that episode. So go out of your way and check it out. But folks, let's not waste any more time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. All right, folks, so we're going to start off with some video game news because I didn't get a chance to talk about it 
last week due to the fact that it was WrestleMania weekend. I did the Molly Flanagan interview. So I just felt like I'm just going to roll everything over to this week and we'll do that. But I will talk about some video game news right now. And I just to let you guys know, we're going to get two select start episodes this week. Um, one will be our regular uh, select start podcast, which I will be reviewing Bayonetta Origins, Cereza and the Lost Demon and a special episode as we talk about the fall of marvel avengers and we're going to look back at marvel avengers from dating back to the teaser in 2017 to what has become of this game and everything that they went through and all of the positives and the negatives we're going to talk about the positives too because as of right now there are positives to the game and as you guys know last week they officially provided us our last patch update which it provided us majority of the cosmetic items that were being sold on the marketplace and the game actually plays better <laughs> there's something about the game that is more enjoyable possibly because there's no cloud like cloud of microtransactions or anything it feels like a regular game now but we're going to look back and talk about this because there's a lot to learn there's a lot of lessons to learn about what they did in this game um what developers should do now with these live service things because i think people are starting to get really tired and exhausted by these live service uh you know s strategies and then also on top of that um what fans should be doing you know how should how we should be approaching all of these games that these companies are coming out because i think we got the wrong mindset and i talk about this a lot i think we get the wrong mindset when we talk about these when we like look into these games and look to invest in these games for our mental entertainment for our you know for our recreational you know use so we're going to talk about a lot of that we're going to detail things down i did a lot of research and writing for this up but i felt like it was neat you know some people are going to be butthurt about it because you know lo and behold marvel adventures is actually loved by a niche amount of a niche amount of people which means it's like a little small bubble of people that are that love the game that will defend the game and a lot of those people are people who didn't play it in day one or if they did there's a bit of confirmation bias to it in regards to it not admitting to what they're doing but we're going to detail it down everything that's happening dating back from 2017 even to 2019 with e3 and everything and just go from there and you know hopefully we will all have this conversation about how we should approach games from this point on from a consumer a consumer standpoint rather than a fan and a and a gamer standpoint so stay tuned for that that will be coming this week but i had to bring up this news right now because i'm really sad about this and that is last week we found out that uh it was announced that e3 is officially canceled um the once biggest game event of the year has officially now been defunct for 2023. The event was now to be overseen by Repop officially, and it's no longer at this time. Uh, in a statement shared by Repop's uh, Kyle Martin Kish, he said, this was a difficult decision because all of the efforts we and, the par and our partners put uh, towards making this ev uh, event happen, but we had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. And this was all due to the lack of interest from major companies like Nintendo, Sony, uh, Microsoft, AKA Xbox, which are the trinity 
of E3. And without them, you pretty much take the heart out of the event. Let's be real. Because everything else is just, it's, it's, no, I mean, I don't want to say just this, uh, just everything else is smaller companies, independent companies and everything. And when you go to E3, E3, you go there for the big showcases, the presentations, the, uh, the, you know, the press conferences and everything with the elaborate productions and all this stuff, the celebrity, you know, appearances, you know, that's what E3 was once was, which is really now the game awards. Like Jeff Keighley has now, he's garnered all of what E3 was, assimilated and absorbed it all into the game awards. So now all those celebrities, all those presentations, the pageantry, everything, you'll see every year at, at Jeff Keighley's game awards now. Jeff Keighley has, He's, he, he, he was opportunistic. He took advantage of the idea and did his thing. I have no beef with Jeff Keighley on that. He, he did, he capitalized on this. That's what you do. Um, and I don't know to what end and how or why people are dodging out. That's still unknown as to why people are dodging out. But one of the reasons you know, might date back to 2020. I mean, since 2020, many companies had to resort to producing their own showcases, similar to what Nintendo does with their successful uh, Nintendo Direct presentations, which always delivered in terms of news on latest releases and more. So, you know, you guys remember 2020, you know, the pandemic hit and, you know, everything got canceled, toned down, you know, just it screwed everybody, literally. Uh, I remember even for Reed Pop, I was supposed to, um, I was going to be a part of the, the new Keystone Comic Con here in Philadelphia. The second, uh, what was it? No, the third Keystone Comic Con, but it was 2020. Things happened. It, that got canceled, unfortunately. Uh, I remember meeting with them at an event. You know, we were talking about what they were planning to do and it didn't happen. And lo and behold, luckily, we managed to work it out. By 2020, I started working with them again virtually because we were still kind of locked in. So, we were doing virtual panels and stuff like that. So I was at least happy to do that. And by the way, you can see all those panels on talktimelive.com in the media uh, section of that website. So I digress. It seems like that Nintendo has been so successful with Nintendo Direct. And let's be real, Nintendo Direct is always awesome. The Indie Worlds is okay. They are okay because it's, it showcases a lot of indie games and whatnot are, that are coming. But the indie, you know, Nintendo Direct is usually the one that shows the the AAA games, the marquee games for Nintendo, and you know, a lot of times those games, there's like, there's always, I would say, probability wise, there's always going to be like an 85 to 90 percent probability rate that a release date will be announced at a Nintendo Direct date for a major game that people are anticipating. And then on top of that, there are always games announced or demos that announced that will be released the day of the announcement. That is something that Sony and Microsoft has not done. And this is what keeps Nintendo going. So it appears that like everybody's now trying to get on a bandwagon and trying to gain that same success that Nintendo has. So, and I think for that reason, and this is, this could be the reason why Nintendo does it too, because they not only do that in Nintendo Direct, even when E3, even when E3 was around, they never did a big elaborate stage presentation. What they did is they had a booth there and they had the Treehouse event. So we would still see a Nintendo Direct Treehouse video, uh, digital uh, showcase. But then they would have 
a display at E3 with, you know, their crew and, and, and cast and, and hosts talking about the games that they were doing. So it a little it felt like they did kind of tighten the budget a bit with it, but it still worked. And they've always done this. They've always been the forefront of this and the trendsetters for this. And it looks like people are starting to pick up. The thing is, is that not everybody does it like Nintendo. They just don't. Um, Sony, you know, notably so. Sony now provides its own showcase known as the State of Play with uh, other companies also creating their own. State of Play, it, it's it's gotten better. It's gotten better. Um, but it doesn't provide the suspense and impact that Nintendo seems to deliver with the majority of their video uh, events. So it's a possibility that doing it this way saves the company a lot of money in the process compared to investing in set designs and major productions, you know, hiring, you know, celebrities to be a part of this type of thing. It, it may be cost effective for them. And we don't know what they're grossing or their budget at this point. Well, we kind of know Sony's let's be real. Like Sony, Sony's still making a lot. What they did with God of War Ragnarok, they're still making game. I mean, for those who haven't or forgotten, like I just told my wife about this, like, they had a commercial with John Travolta and his daughter, LeBron and his kid, and who was the other one? And Ben Stiller and his kid. Like, for real? <laughs> okay, so like, these are three major, like, kind of iconic, not, not even kind of, they are iconic actors and, and performers and celebrities. All of them, legends in their own right. And, they had them all in, in one commercial to talk about God of War. Yeah, that's money. That is major money. Um, and it's not just one. They did like a slew of different commercials. It even had John Travolta dress up you know, in, in cosplay like Kratos. They must have paid this dude a lot of money to do that, okay? So they have the money. They may just still be budgeting and, and just saying that this is just a better way to do it. And while the live which is, is really sad because one i've always wanted to go to e3 it was the one of the events i've now gone to san diego comic-con i've gone to new york comic-con um both twice and now e3 was kind of going to be like that deal now i'm going to have to go to d23 <laughs> um so that was one of my deals with that it's like e3 i've always wanted to go to because it was like the epic event it was like the biggest gaming event of the year and I thought it was going to be awesome to see all these, you know, events. One of my favorite E3s ever, I believe, was in 2017 or 2018 or whatnot when they when they released or they announced Final Fantasy VII remake. And to see, and we'll talk about this again in our talk topic because that's going to be relatable to. Uh, I mean, or not a talk topic or the. Um, on the select start special to when I cover Marvel Avengers, because that was that's pivotal um, to the conversation and how people reacted. Like we, I'm I'm not gonna lie, we were all in a lot of us were all in tears because we never thought we were gonna see that game come out, and we saw that game come out, and people got extremely emotional. You could see reactions on YouTube from around the world of people reacting to the announcement of it it was I, I don't know what it was about what it is it about final fantasy 7 
but it's such a great game. It's such a special game. And I'm just talking about the original alone, but it's such a special game that like, it really draws out emotion in people. And it, 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 it really did when it came out in 2020, cause it was, I called it the savior of 2020 in terms of games, because with everything that came out in terms of cyberpunk and Marvel Avengers, um, with everything that was going on, you know, that was, you know, mentally, you know, you know, damaging people in 2020, that game, if you were a gamer in 2020 and going through all the crap that we were going through, that game right there was such a savior. It was just from the from the gameplay, the characters to the to the soundtrack there is and like it, it really met up expectations there. But it was also the year that we got Shinbu 3 announced too. That was which was another game that we've been waiting for for a long time. Unfortunately to me, that game didn't live up as much as we wanted to. Like we just saw the limitations of Yu Suzuki at that point. And, you know, this is Yu Suzuki without the resources of Sega, which was sad because we wanted the Yakuza like a dragon type of experience. And we didn't kind of get that. We kind of got a, an outdated version of that when it came out, but it was just, it was just, that was such a great event. And then suddenly after that, there were some issues in 2018 and 2019 was just really sad um, from there. And then 2020 came and it's, it's been hard for them to come back up. They've been doing like digital showcases at the time and it just didn't live up. And it just felt like the fall of like, literally the fall of e3 from there so to the point that it, it just you know became defunct and then repop picked it back up tried to revitalize it and now we're here talking about it being canceled now while it is not coming for a live event in 2023 repop has confirmed that they will provide their own digital showcase which will take um take place around the time of e3 which will include summer game fest xbox and um bethesda showcases so it's just really sad um i was hoping and i was really hoping for this to happen because one being that i am some you know as somebody who's actually worked with repop who actually got a chance to see how they operate i was very confident that they were going to be able to pull this off because if you've been to any of their events if you've been to like c2e2 um if you've been to new york comic-con if you or or any of their smaller you know uh conventions do you know that they put on a great event they do an awesome event so to see that they were weren't able to do this right now it's just really sad and hopefully they will be able to convince these companies to come back up and do it and i don't know what it's going to take for them to do it but the fans the gamers and the fans really really would love that i don't understand like it, people i've had conversations with people who, th who suspect or speculate that it's the it's the fact of them being able to do their own showcase without having to compete i'm like that's impossible you're going to compete with everybody's going to be compared to anyway regardless whether you're there in person or not um others have said that they were trying to uh, i believe boris i was on the um ramp uh what is it, the rampage ramble podcast with boris and, uh of uh sunday night's main event i was on his podcast and he believed it was the reason being is because, you know, they don't want to let out information only for other companies to combat. And, you know, it, that's a possibility too. I mean, like I believe Xbox at one point when they announced the um, Xbox one at E3, I think with their price, I think Sony countered them with a lower price. That was like a hundred dollars less for that amount. So I think they kind of beat out for that, but even still it's like, what 
Xbox can still come out with a digital showcase, announce their price, and then Sony can do the exact same thing later on. So I don't think that that's an issue. Um, I mean, it could be, but if you really think about it, it's like, it's inevitable. You're going to have to compare and contrast sooner or later. Fans are going to have to compare and contrast sooner or later. It's inevitable. You can't run away from that. But why not entertain? Why not show what you could do? And maybe it's because, you know, I mean, let's be real. Xbox is a great system for those who like it. But they just have not been able to win the race. They have never been able to win the race. They it, Let's be real. When it came to E3, in terms of E3, E3 rankings on a yearly basis, with the exception, I believe the last one, maybe because Sony wasn't there, but it's always a set standard in terms of ranking. At the top of the bomb mountain, it's always uh, Sony and PlayStation always gets the best of show. Nintendo is always second. And then, you know, Microsoft Xbox is always third. I mean, Nintendo's always in the middle. They don't really, it's like they compete, but without, they compete without even competing. They don't compete. They just, they, they I mean, first of all, Nintendo's 136 years, a little, maybe over 130 six years old it's like it's like the longest reigning company now granted they weren't doing video games for all of 136 years they were selling toys and um you know cards for the most part but you know when the 80s came they fully went on to become a video game company at this point and but by the way they still sell those toy items and stuff like that too but that's just a minor compared to what they're doing now with you know the nintendo switch and other um you know projects but they've always been steady. They've never really been in competition. Like they're in competition with themselves for the most part. But man, it is. It, and then you got all the like the other third party gimmicks like the Stadia and all that stuff. And you know what happened with the Stadia for God's sake. Like I knew that was going to be. I knew that was getting the Zoom, the uh, Microsoft Zoom award <laughs> in due time. But I hope that they will be able to get it you know, going in 2024. I hope this is not the very end of E3 because I think everybody needs an outing. Everybody needs their own, you know, epic event to go to. And gaming had that and in the form of, you know, E3. Maybe Jeff Keighley is going to be the one to do it. Hopefully he'll be the one to do it because I mean, yes, the Game Awards, the Game Awards is all right. The Game Awards is it's, it's a great epic thing to do, but I mean, it's not the best aspect of it. it it's bringing prestige with a few bumps in a row i will say i hated the idea that they voted um what's the game multiverses as the fighting game of the year and then now all of a sudden multiverses is being pushed back and delayed because they didn't have enough content but they got they won game of the year how does that work that how does that i uh, got that i, I don't want to get into that because one Fighting games are my favorite category. <laughs> Two, multiverses. The core gameplay is fun. Outside of that, is the game was so shallow. And they won for best fighting game against. What was it like? Uh, King of Fighters. They won against King of Fighters, which was. Yeah, I, I, granted, King of Fighters was, it was a solid game, but it was not the 
evolution that we were looking for. It's not the evolution of what Street Fighter uh, 6 is going to be. Like, if you played the beta for Street Fighter 6, they're about to reinvent the wheel again with that game. So, but I mean, they, and there were other fighting games um, that were more deserving than multiverses. It just goes to show the integrity of the jury, which was the judges, the media, the, the media judges that were voting on this. You know, it, it questions the integrity of them. The, like, and I'm talking like the IGNs, the GameSpots, all of them. Like, how did y'all come up with the idea of all collaborate, you know, collaboration to vote for multiverses as the game? This was not a fan vote. This was voted by the people that of websites that you read. IGN's GameSpots, Game Informers, um, you name it, you know, Game Radar, all those, they voted on multiverses being the game of the year. And then all of a sudden, they, and this game, all of a sudden, this game is, is being held back to be redone in 2024. Just saying. I mean, as a person who's been nominated for an award for this very show, I, you know, award shows can be a little bit iffy sometimes. It could be a little bit iffy in terms of like how or why or who, you know, it, it, it just is. But man, I tell you, I am hoping for a 2024 E3. I'm hoping that these guys can get it together because we need a gamers need a big outlet. We need a big way to celebrate this game. And I don't think that I don't think the game Awards is the end all be all of it. I don't think they should be. I think we need a a, a convention like that, like it's imagine if san diego comic-con you know did the same thing marvel decided not to go dc decided not to go image decides not to go um all the movies it's bad enough you guys saw what happened with san diego comic-con when marvel stopped you know presenting at hall h over there it didn't feel the same hall you know marvel studios at san diego comic-con is the equivalent of playstation at e3 Without them, it's just not the same because you know when they are there, they're gonna bring it and people are gonna wanna see it and people are gonna be excited for it and they don't fail at these presentations. It just doesn't happen. What happened when Marvel Studios came back? That that San Diego Comic-Con was as good, if not as better as you could ever be. People love the return of San Diego Comic-Con. It became an epic affair again because Marvel Studios and Kevin Feige returned to that you know, uh, to that event. So we'll see, man. I hope, I hope we do. If not, let's create a new outlet for that. People will want to go to because they shouldn't be afraid of competition up front. Let's, let's do it. Let's get it. Let's get it going. So, all right, moving on to some other news, some awesome news here. Netflix announced that an anime based on one of my favorite movies in video games, uh, is coming in, is in it coming in the works. Scott Pilgrim, will be made in anime form and it is coming soon. There has not been any, you know, dates as to when it's coming. But what we do know is that the series will include the complete original cast from the movie. I'm talking Michael Sarah as Scott Pilgrim. Um, we're talking Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Ramona. Man, I mean, you name it. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, Carrie Ann Culkin as uh, Wallace Wells, uh, Matthew, um, what is it? Saute uh, Baba as uh, Matthew. Chris Evans returns as Lucas Lee. I mean, come on. Anna Kendrick as Stacey Pilgrim, uh, sister to uh, Scott. Brie Larson as Envy Adams, one of my, in one of my black sheep 
just the black sheep uh scene was one of my favorites allison pill as kim uh pine i mean they're all aubrey plaza comes back as julie powers i'm brandy roth todd ingram i mean they're all coming back knives cho uh ellen wong will be making a return um may whitman as roxy i mean just everybody i'm just naming off everybody literally everybody from the cast of the original movie is coming back to voice their character respective characters on the show i cannot wait for this there has not been any announcement on the dates for this but man am i excited am i absolutely excited for this let's make it happen so um we'll see what details have but let me tell you if you haven't seen scott pilgrim versus the world it is one of the still to this day i've um rewatched that recently it still holds up i always i love the soundtrack i love the fact that this is one of the and if, if you don't know what scott pilgrim is for those who don't know scott pilgrim versus the world is based on a graphic novel uh of the same name where is this kid scott pilgrim who she's just a he's a lightheaded numbskull to be honest this is based around in canada and he's in love with this girl named ramona but ramona has issues in a, in a form of seven deadly exes which he's gonna have to fight off and it is just hilarious the whole thing what i loved about the movie because i read both the graphic novel and the movie and watched the movie we talk about the last of us almost being director source it's not one of the first you know uh you know uh, live action adaptions that was really close to source the watchman very close to the graphic novel but also scott pilgrim almost like word for word scene from scene there were some, some tweaks in it but like it was it really really lived up to the to the actual uh you know source of the book and it was phenomenal and then the the video game also was great too like they had a whole package at the time and then the soundtrack was just i would love listening to the soundtrack you know the songs from back um rolling stones in there i mean it was it was really awesome garbage garbage um what is it garbage can one of my favorite songs uh black sheep was one of my favorites in there and the scene where brie olsen who plays envy adams and they perform that in there has just been fantastic as well and oh my god this this show i, I can't wait to see what the character design is going to look like an animation is going to look like in this in this um deal but kudos to netflix for doing that that's just fantastic i love this i don't know if this is going to be a movie or a series but whatever it is bring it because i am all for it so uh it's just fantastic so i'm looking forward to that last bit of news i believe i have here is marvel studios is bringing back another another character that we haven't seen in years and characters that we've been questioning what the hell happened to him apparently this one is coming back and it justifies everything that we've been talking about Liv tyler is returning to the mcu after 15 years the actor known for playing betty ross in the phase one movie the incredible hawk will be making her return in the upcoming captain america 4 movie the movie will also include the return of the leader played by tim blake nelson who also made his first appearance in the incredible hawk movie but now will be the main villain as sam wilson takes on the helm of captain america this has been a very long time coming because we have been aching for this many of us were many of us 
fans were upset that the story of Samuel Stearns seemed to be have gone like completely, you know, going to a complete halt in phase one. We saw what happened in that scene where they went to the college and they went to go, you know, synthesize an experiment on Bruce's blood to see if they can get rid of the hawk out of him. And there was a freak accident where Samuel ended up getting the blood of Bruce and the gamma filled blood of Bruce and in, inside his head and his head start bumping. And we knew that this was going to lead to the leader. Well, people often thought that there was just nothing from that. And they, you know, fans are just going to speculate or come up with their own narratives or whatever like that. They often thought that <laughs> this is the funny part about this because I've had issues with this for years with people. And now they, this is one of, this is Marvel studios shutting them up. Once again, there are many people who claim that the incredible Hulk was one of the worst movies that they ever came out with. That was BS because here's the thing back then when Iron Man came out and we found out that this was going to be a series of different shows leading up to the Avengers. We as fans held Marvel studios at a high pedestal and we felt like if they failed even one of these movies, if one of these movies even failed leading up to the Avengers, which we didn't know was a first phase of anything. We didn't know the plans that they were doing at the time, but we knew that they, uh, they were planning on, we found out that their Avengers movie was coming. Yeah, we were getting all these different movies based on these characters to gather them all together, which was the first time we've seen that in anything. We knew that if any movie, I'm talking are any of the Iron Mans, Thor, Incredible Hulk, if any of those movies failed that it was going to kill the entire uh, process and the momentum that they were making it did not none of them did the only thing that was messed up about the incredible hawk was that ed norton didn't continue to play the role and they went to mark ruffalo which then we you know mark ruffalo you know he he owned that role we love mark uh, mark ruffalo but ed norton did a tremendous job and you look back now and it's like yeah I think Ed Norton wouldn't have matched with them in a sense. I think Mark Ruffalo actually does play as a better Bruce Banner to them, but I love, I love Ed Norton's uh, version of Bruce Banner because he kind of took the Bill Bixby aspect of it and brought that in. Um, but you know, and, you know, credit him. I love Ed Norton. He did tremendous, but like they were able to move on with Mark Ruffalo. We didn't. I like the fact that because a lot of people didn't know who Mark Ruffalo was anyway, and they betted on his dude and this dude knocked it out the park and i love that because now he's a household name because of his role as the incredible hawk and he's able to do other movies now and other projects now because of how great he did on that and the movie was a success much to people's great and they felt because you know we we didn't get to see these other characters because the movie bombed no that's not true and it was even further not true when civil war came because you know, Thunderbolt Ross came back, you know, he, his character came back and then he came back again for other movies. So it was, that was a record. That was a recognition that no, we're not giving up on that movie. No, that movie did not fail in our eyes. No, that the, that we're still going to go on with this. We're still going to add, that's going to be connected into the universe. They're doing it again. Liv Tyler's coming back. Betty Ross is coming back and we got the leader coming back and they are the same actors from the incredible Hulk. So a lot of just assumption 
And now again, I'll say this again for people. Assumption is the killer of knowledge. Let's stop the assumptions. Let's really just do our research, do our, do our homework, or even just be patient. We don't know what the hell is ever going on because we're not working behind the scenes. That's the reality. So this was a gap that Marvel Studios have had. It's one of the biggest gaps in, in this in their storied history of the MCU. And now Marvel Studios is finally looking to fill that gap. You know, Sam needs a major adversary to face uh, in his first venture as a solo run of um, Captain America. I think the leader is considered one of the best solutions for this because the leader is Hulk's top villain. And yes, we're wondering like, this is a Hulk villain. This is like, this is like Doc, Dr. Octopus to Spider-Man. You know, he's that big. This is like the Joker to Batman. So why isn't the Hulk facing the leader? Like we wanted to in the first place. It's not get off track. And I hope that they don't kill him off. That's my biggest thing. I hope they don't kill him off. They don't have to kill off every single villain in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Can we just save him? Because I think we do need to see that confrontation between the Hulk and the leader eventually. So, but at the same time, I like the fact that he is coming back and it is a, a great adversary for Sam because that was one of the things that was one of the biggest issues that we had when they first made Sam Wilson Captain America in the comics. The problem with that was that he became, he didn't be, he didn't feel as important in the comics as Captain America as he, he does now because the recent, the recent comics that he's done really put him up against some really hard hitters like Dr. Doom and everything. So they finally figured out that like, you know, your only protagonist, your protagonist is only as good as the antagonist that he faces. And in this case, the leader is worthy, is a worthy foe for, uh, for Sam Wilson at this point. So we will see what happens. And the question remains now, we got Betty Ross coming back for this movie. We got the leader coming back for this movie. Will we actually see an appearance of Bruce Banner in some form or fashion? I feel like we have to. Um, or some ways, if the leader's coming back, one, I don't need to, I don't want them to kill the leader off. I hope that they don't kill the leader off, especially because here's the thing. We're working our way up. Marvel Studios is working their way up saying like I worked there. Marvel Studios is working their way up to doing a Secret Wars movie. I don't know if it's based on the original Secret Wars movie or the new version of the Secret Wars movie, but the original Secret Wars movie had all of the villains of the Marvel Cinematic Universe and all of the heroes of the Marvel Cine uh, comic universe um, come together in this one planet where the Beyonder came in and there was a fight to see who was the better one. And this was like one of the first times we ever seen a crossover of all of the comics come together of, you know, Spider-Man and the X-Men and the Avengers all teaming up together. It was like one of the first crossovers, if not the first crossover we've ever seen, along with the villains all coming together to team up. Like I, there hasn't been one prior to that. I'm hoping that is that because if that's the case, that means that the, um, that means we can see the leader come back. I say that and they kind of killed off MODOK. <laughs> they killed off MODOK already in the Ant-Man movie, which I kind of, 
right there i was really like i was pissed off because i was iffy about the modok character in that movie but i also liked modok character in the movie i wish that they didn't like he didn't be like change his morality and ethics at the end i'm like this is modok dude like come on maybe they'll make another modok i don't know but i'd rather him stay a villain and then not die so i i hope that they don't kill off these guys uh again and then i hope um i, I just hope they do it justice i just do I, it, again it's marvel studios i they haven't they, they their batting average is way over their batting average is it's super over they make up they make way more hits than they do misses way more often to the point that i don't have to worry so we'll see how this goes but like i'm looking forward to it all speaking of which i gotta say something i'm talking about like how people talk about something doesn't connect there's a website i'm not going to mention names they wrote an article regarding how werewolf by night somehow helps to make agents of shield canon and i know there was a discussion there was a a, only a discussion it wasn't concrete it wasn't confirmed that they were distancing themselves with the marvel cinematic universe but it's it's impossible it is i'm actually watching the the episodes of agents of shield on disney plus again it is utterly impossible for them to separate the show agents of shield to the mcu in any fashion even leading up to the last season because each season was connected to a movie of sorts you can't nick fury has been in there since like i think he was there in like episode three of of the first season and then he returned near the end of the first season you had connections that were dating from uh the avengers uh, age of ultron of course civil um, i mean um the winter soldier i mean there's too many connections to it not for it not to be canon so how in the hell is werewolf by the werewolf by night help make ages of shield canon it has not and by the way we also seen colson on captain marvel the first captain marvel movie because it was a flashback so come on dude do your research with this and i've read the article and he does mention all of these aspects but they didn't say I, they didn't make it concrete that the show wasn't canon they just said they were thinking of that to that nature it wasn't concrete but they can't they know they cannot do that so who's to say that we won't see agent may or we won't see you know quake down the line make a return or whatever like that like it's very possible Fitzsimmons we may see those guys down there like the article was so pointless people please do your research do your due diligence before you make these clickbait articles please that's all I'm saying all right with that said oh wait a minute I actually forgot I do have to mention one thing and that is the trailer to Secret Invasions which just came out last night and uh it looks awesome Samuel L looks like to be going in his last run and the way that they made it seem like this dude ain't coming back. <laughs> this may be the last time we see Samuel L. Jackson in the MCU. Uh, this is going to be awesome. It looks like it's going to be scroll invasions in this. And uh, man, I 
I can't tell you how psyched I am. This is coming to June 21st. We see Nick Fury basically going into a forest or whatever like that, going into his one of his secret bunkers or whatnot. Um, this is absolutely based around the actual Secret Invasions comic, but probably loose, a little bit loosely based. Uh, we see Maria Hill making her return back. We see um, a lot of people, uh, Ross from uh, Black Panther making a comeback here. So looks like we're going to see what happened with him. A lot of other characters that we're going to see in here is the uh, scroll that worked this, the scroll that we, I forgot uh, the scroll's name that we saw in uh, Captain Marvel in uh, Spider-Man uh, Far From Home in here. So we're going to see a lot of different characters in here too. I uh, believe we did see Rhodey in here, James Rhodes. Uh, Don Cheadle will be making an appearance in here as well. So it's a lot going on. I can't wait for this. June 21st cannot come quick. June is going to be so huge. June is going to June. We got Fan Expo here in Philly. We got Street Fighter 6 coming in to be released. We got so much things going on here. Um, I can't wait to see this series. I can't wait to uh, find out what's going to happen, how this is going to relate and transition to what's going to happen down the line, how this is going to connect to everything but uh from the from the look of this this looks like it's going to be nick fury's last run does this mean we're going to see the end of nick fury is is nick going to die um are we going to and, and also they did kind of they are questioning what's happening to the avengers so maybe this is a transition to us knowing that there's going to be a new team coming and he's going to form the new team or whatnot so there's a lot to really there's a lot of questions that's going to be asked here but it is coming June 21st, so look forward to it then. All right, folks, that will do it for what's new in the world of ACMG. We're going to take a break, come back, and I will talk about Tetris and why if you don't have an Apple TV subscription, you need to get it for this one movie. And we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTomLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTomLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Allison Lee Rosenfeld, the voice of Bonnie and Nurse Joy from Pokemon, Rio Castle, Riley, and Allie from Yu-Gi-Oh! and star of Crumbly Kitchen. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we're back with our talk topic of the week, and it is my review of Tetris starring Teron Egerton. Uh, you know this guy from The Kingsman, uh, Elton John, one of my favorite movies too. And he is back as Hank Rogers, like based on a true story of how Hank Rogers went over to Moscow to uh, to meet up with Alexei uh, Pajitnov 
to acquire the rights and licenses to Tetris to be played around the world with the Nintendo. What happened from this? This is not your normal negotiation. And what happened was it turned out to be something totally deadly and dangerous out of this. You know, this is the story about how one of the world's most popular video games found its way to players around the globe. Uh, Hank Rogers and the inventor Alexi joined forces against the uh, USSR, risking all livelihood to get this game licensed to Nintendo to be sold around the world. The uh, Russia felt like they were this was more of a threat than a a negotiation. And they tried their best. The KGB tried their best to stop him. They went to all these different routes to stop him. This was utterly insane. Like I said, I heard about this uh, during a uh, a documentary on G4. And I still, I, I, I've been trying to find that documentary forever. And I could not find it. Um, but finally, somebody felt that it was a need to make this into a movie. And let me tell you this. This met everything I've ever hoped for. This lived up to everything I've wanted to see out of this movie. They did a tremendous job. Director John uh, Baird did a phenomenal job with this. Um, the writer was Noah Pink and together, along with uh, Matthew Vaughn, who I believe was uh, the producer of this as well. And Matthew Vaughn, of course, produced, uh, he, he was a part of the um, the uh, X-Men movies and the uh, Kingsman movies as well. So these guys created what I hope is an award nominated movie because the suspense of everything that has happened, everything that I heard from the documentary was surreal, but to see it being told this way, it was very suspenseful. It was thrilling. And yet in, in the back of your mind, it was like, this is all for a video game. So when your parents tell you that video games don't amount to nothing, there's no importance to a video game, let them watch this movie because this will tell you how really much of a big deal a video game can be. And it's not even really about the video game, to be honest, it's more of a, just a power move on Russia and their inability to believe that, you know, countries can work together. And considering everything that's going on right now with Russia, you know, my wife didn't couldn't fathom the severity of what Russia is doing right now, but she watched this movie with me. And I'm like, this was in 1988. A lot of this, now, I'm sure that they changed a lot of what, you know, they tweaked the happenings of what has gone on, but this is a lot of what happened in this movie actually did happen. This is totally based on the lives of these guys and they actually did go through a lot of this. So there are, they are telling the story as vividly as they could possibly can, as truthfully as possibly can, but I'm sure there's a few tweaks in the, in the storyline in there, but, um, nonetheless, this actually did happen and it's just surreal. So the performances I thought were awesome. Uh, Nikita, uh, Efremov who played Alexia pageant, uh, Nof, I thought he did a great job inherited. You could feel the, I like how they worked themselves into becoming friends and, you know, colleagues and had something in common. And it was something to learn from this movie too, is that like people can connect. They have some people often have more than common than not, you know, and we base our, we divide ourselves based on the stupidest things, but Hank, who is a, who is a programmer, 
and a game designer connected with Alexi and they had something in common. They started to realize that they could work together. I do like the fact that we found out that Alexi created the created the Tetris game. He programmed it using a bunch of parentheses and created the, the actual blocks that Tetra means four and each block is four different, you know, shaped blocks created into different shapes that will form. When you see how they, how he put it together, it just reminds you how much of a genius uh, of a game Tetris is. And in fact, when you really look at it from an artistic standpoint, a designer standpoint, it is one of the most put together games of all time. It's like one of the, the greatest. It is without a doubt one of the greatest games of all time, but also it's also one of the most simplest games of all time. It's so simple, but it makes sense. And it's just one of the most balanced forms of gameplay that you could ever do. We can have the elaborate, you know, AAA games and all that stuff that are awesome and great. But when it comes down to it, perfection, that is Tetris in, in hindsight, there's nothing bad or good. It's like, it, it is, it's, 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 it's a perfect game. Like it is a game that will keep you engaged. You can play all the hugely graphic titles on PC or whatever like that. You could go back and play Tetris and immediately be entranced and in 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 mode and really uh in, in in a zone of a tetris game because it challenges you it really challenges the mind and everything this game was just awesome but i love the actors in here which is tremendous um we had toby jones who you know he plays armin zola in the uh in the marvel cinematic universe he's played in a lot of things he was a he played robert stein here and he was no joke like you you don't take this dude for granted he well he would kick your ass if you remotely tried to screw and there was a lot there was a lot of people screwing each other over in this movie in particular um anthony bowles character kevin maxwell who uh was you know he was making deals on a side for himself which led to robert stein you know getting pissed off at him and wanting to beat his ass then you had you know the one and only robert alum who plays a great villain no matter where he uh, plays at and he played he's I, I really loved him and um what was the movie speed racer like the Wachowski's speed racer i'm one of those people who really like enjoyed that movie because i thought that it really played the the speed racer deal better than anything but he played i loved his villain character on there too but he played robert maxwell it was in complete cosmetic uh costume in here and he was fantastic. Um, he constantly screwed everybody over and come to find out these guys were all that they were cracked up to be, which is kind of a known thing <laughs> that happens often. And I don't want to spoil the movie in a sense of, I want you to know everything that has happened between these characters, but these are the pivotal characters that I'm mentioning that played a huge role in the process of this. Uh, Oleg Stefan, who played uh, Nikolai um, Belikov in here as well. Uh, he played a pivotal role in trying to negotiate the contract with people. And it was just all this back and forth of Hank trying to get this contract. He's trying to get the, the handheld rights to, uh, to get Tetris on because he didn't get the arcade rights. He didn't have the console rights, but the handheld rights was not yet to be done because there wasn't such thing as a handheld right until Nintendo created the Game Boy. And we get to see a lot of 
the formation of things that Nintendo has done. And when they brought the Game Boy in and uh, it was talk about for gaming nostalgia, you will love it just for that. And you do get to see some other really cool things in here. You get to, they show a little bit of clips of old games as well and how they connect. And I like the way that how they filmed it when they did chapters. They went they did it in the form of like level one, two, three and four in a sense, almost in the same way that Tetris was, because when you play Tetris, it starts off slow. And this is how the story went. It starts off slow. And then once you go up a level, things get more intense. And as you get to the higher level, things get more intense. You got to get through those levels. The movie kind of paced itself in that same fashion where it just started out slow. And then by level four or level five or whatever like that of the, of the movie, things got so heated and intense. And you're wondering if you're going to be able to get through this level. And I just love how they worked that together. And it, it did so really well too. Also want to mention, where is another, uh, Canon, not a, um, Namari or, uh, Narami or Narami, uh, played Maya Rogers, who's Hank's daughter and Ayane, uh, Nagabuchi who played Akami, uh, Rogers, who's the wife of Hank. Hank lived in Japan at the time. We learned later on that Maya Rogers took over the Tetris corporation that, uh, Alexi and Hank ended up actually, you know, working together. So it's like how this all comes about. And this was also a family story too. This is a story where Hank actually is trying to be the family man that he wants to be, but he's also trying to provide for the family as well by, you know, making his, this business happen. The whole business that the video game business that they had is a family owned is a family business. And, uh, Akami, works with him as well. So she's like their partners or he considers her the boss, if you, if you will, in this case. And he's also trying to make his daughters happy and his kids happy. Maya also had a recital that he, she was performing in and he wanted to make sure he, he made it for that. So it's a race against time of him, you know, trying to fulfill his needs as a father and as a businessman and trying to make one of the greatest deals ever in, in, in video game, uh, history and have not been for these guys we would not know what the hell tetris is right now we would have not played tetris to this day and by the way if you have a nintendo switch and you have the online membership you can play tetris on air as well because they brought back all of the game boy classics including tetris which the first game and it was funny too they did talk about one thing about you know what is the first game that people are going to be able to play on the on the game boy or the original Game Boy, which by the way, I love the fact that it, I forgot the fact that it, um, that game took four AA batteries to play. And to, it, which was interesting. They mentioned like, he mentioned like, why wasn't it ever in color? Because in order for it to play it in color at the time, it would require eight batteries. And it already plays 30 hours of gameplay on the original for four batteries with no color added to it. So that's why we saw it in that green, tint that we always see it until they came out with game boy color and they were able to evolve the technology for it so i thought that was very interesting that they added that little tidbit in as well so i i mean honestly there was a lot to take in with this game but um they wanted there was a part in there where they were talking about making super mario land the you know the launch game that um was going to be a part of because you know like that's Nintendo's thing. Nintendo comes out with a game, what they used to. You know, when the NES came out, it was Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt as the launch title. 
I believe it was Super Mario Land when uh, Super NES came out. I believe that was the case. I, I, I it's been I, I forgot how that went. What was the launch title for that? If there was a launch title at all, because I didn't get the Super NES and the launch title, I got a Sega Genesis. So I think Sega Genesis came out with uh, Sonic for theirs at the time. But um, and I like the fact that they mentioned Atari had a you know hand in the bid for Tetris, and I'm like, thank God they didn't. Thank goodness they did not, because Atari, God, for God's sakes. Um, but they they mentioned that you know, instead of putting Super Mario Land on there, how about putting Tetris as the first? And when you think about it, I'm you kind of want you kind of knew that that was a great decision. That was a hell of a great decision there. So I mean, there's a lot to take in with this movie, but let me tell you, this movie is very suspenseful. You think it's just them making deals? No, these guys almost died for this like alexi almost died for even helping hank with this deal his family you know i don't want to again this is a part i don't want to spoil but his family was affected their families were affected like what the kgb did in here to try to stop the process of this game coming to the u.s and other places was insane and there was a lot of selfish acts in here as well from certain people in this movie. I mean, you're going to see a lot of craziness going on. And you're, and again, you're just going to think like, this is all for a video game. Hey, what can I say, man? Video games is life. <laughs> and this proved it right here. So if you do not, and I mean, if you do not have Apple TV, because I don't, I, I don't normally subscribe to Apple TV. I got it when, and you know, when I bought like um, a bunch of Apple products at the time and they gave you like a, a trial, you know, basis of it. Like if, whenever you get a, like a new Apple product, you get like a free trial of Apple TV and Apple TV. They, they, uh, Apple TV is great if you're into the type of content that they have and their content has gotten much better. But for me, there was just not enough shows or content like Mystic Quest was probably the only thing I really watched and I didn't watch will say so uh or uh, ted lasso i say will say so not the uh, comedic actor but ted lasso i never really got into that and all the stuff i heard it was really good and there was a lot of other tv con or series content in there that you would like um there's actually a show a series that's coming out that was filmed in my neighborhood that's going to be out in apple tv coming soon um with some familiar actors as well but it just, I, I just wasn't into the content that they were in. This movie, I was not missing this. If you ever want to just buy, you know, or invest or purchase a a month a subscription for a month, I highly recommend do it for this. This is worth going out of your way to see. This movie was absolutely fantastic, and you just see how really. I'm sorry, no disrespect, because I know there's there. Not all Russian, you know, people in Russia, um, in Russia are malicious or evil. And there are people that are on the inside. And you'll see that in this movie that are not about what Russia was about. Even to this day with, you know, Michelle, what Mikhail Gorbachev was about. And this was during that time. And even now there's people who are not all, who's not advocates of, uh, Vladimir Putin right now. I mean, that's just the case. Um, but man, if you really want to see how really crazy it is to live in Russia and what they're going through, man, you're going to see it here. And God 
the production that they did for this and what they just I don't I, I want to see a behind the scenes of how they film this movie because there's some certain scenes that I'm like they must have spent a lot of money to do this in a studio or whatever like that or they they couldn't have gone to Russia to, to film this they could not have but they did a great job make, making this appear to look like Russia uh, there's no way in the world I don't think they could be able to film this in Russia man it's just crazy um but I would love to see a behind the scenes of this but I think I think uh Taron Egerton he doesn't get talked about he doesn't get talked up enough as a really awesome actor i mean if you watched him on uh rocket man he was phenomenal in that movie you watched him on the kingsman and other movies he's awesome he's he, he's just a multi-talented dude i he's becoming one of my favorite actors now um this is no different we need to we need to bring him into the forefront now if this movie doesn't get nominated at least i'm sorry this is a crime because this movie was just fantastic. Go out of your way, check this out for one month. If you don't, if you don't, for any reason to get Apple TV, it's for this. Go out of your way, check this movie out. Get out of it if you don't want to, if you're stay on it, if you like the other content there. But for this reason alone, this is worth getting to a subscription, a month subscription for Apple TV. So go out of your way, I'm giving this an A plus plus because this lived up to every bit of what i've known about this um this story and they even made it even bigger than what it was it's just so freaking phenomenal go out of your way check it out it's available now on apple tv folks that will do it for this edition of talk time live and the, the nintendo love doesn't stop there because next week we're just this is april 3rd and i'm recording this we're just two days away from the premiere of the super mario brothers movie i have been waiting forever this is a movie i i get it i know the movie the live action adaptation came out in the 90s now this is the movie i knew that they were able gonna gonna be able to make and in three i wanted a mario movie in 3d animated form this is the right time to do it and this i feel like this is going to be the movie i've been waiting for forever damn right we're going to be reviewing that movie next week this movie is going to make so much cash this is going to be the biggest thing since probably transformers the movie in 1985 or even like the jim henson turtles movie like it's going to be a worldwide phenomenon on that scale um i'm looking forward to it it looks like it's going to be awesome we're going to review it next week also like i said for select start we're getting to podcast so get ready for that um the normal podcast i'm going to review bayonetta origins uh cereza and the lost demon so we're going to do that plus all the news that are coming uh up for games this week and then also a special podcast that will just be looking over marvel avengers you know people are going to say like why are you still focusing on this dead game because there's a lesson to be learned about this game that both the developers and and, and and gamers alone like we there's a lesson that we need to learn from this experience that we need to dissect all of this to understand because yeah you may you listening may say yeah i get it i understand everything there's some people who actually don't you can't assume your theories thoughts and mindset to the world because that's not that's not realistic so we're gonna run down i did a lot of research i did a lot of writing talking you know covering what we went through during this process because there's something we don't do we don't take control of our destiny as consumers we don't demand 
better from these and we're gonna this we're gonna use marvel avengers it could be we could also use cyberpunk as well but cyberpunk is still around <laughs> cd project red has still been able to revitalize that game and still make it great and also by not doing the same mistakes that <laughs> this game has and then we're going to talk about the live service process as well so all that is going to be covered in this special i call the fall as we look back at marvel studios uh, marvel studios at marvel avengers and really talk about what we can learn from it so stay tuned for that as well and if you like this episode and all of our episodes including my interview with molly flanagan which i highly recommend you go check out the video version is available right now on my youtube channel uh VF, um, viewfinders ISAD, or to make it easier, you can check out all of our audio episodes like this one and our video exclusives on talktimelive.com. Only on talktimelive.com will it make it easy for you to find all of the content. You could go on the search engine and find past episodes, past reviews of games that I've done uh, on the audio version of the podcast. You can check out the video exclusive interviews that I had with Molly Flanagan, Kyle Aber. Um, you name it. Uh, there are literally like 38 video interviews right now. And there are even more audio interviews because I transitioned from not only audio interviews, I've transitioned to video interviews around 2020 uh, when I started doing it that way. So they've only gotten better from that point on. You can also check out my review of WWE 2K23. I did a two-parter there with uh, the first one I did myself, which has gotten some great reviews, uh, great uh, feedback from. And I did another part two with uh, Boris Aguilar of Sunday Night's Main Event as well. So we, you know, I got to hear his two cents. And, you know, you can check out Sunday Night's Main Event on TSN Radio in Toronto as well. Uh, great show, great format, a lot of content there for wrestling fans as well. And they do a lot more too uh, than just wrestling there. So uh, definitely go out of your way, check all that out. But you can always find all of our audio episodes, our video exclusives on talktimelive.com. And man, the amount of guests that we have on air, you will not regret. <laughs> There's some of your favorite actors and favorite video game um, developers and producers, music producers, Megaran, who is also the, the uh, person that you hear on our intro of this show all the time. And by the way, he has a new EP out called Wrestling is Real, People are Fake. Go out of your way, check that out as well. Shout out to him. And, you know, all there. And if you want to subscribe and download to this show, you could do so where everywhere where podcasts are played. That is including Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, Audible, Pocket Cast, Pandora, Tumblr. Of course, you go into Tumblr, type in Talk Time Live. You can check out all our content there and listen to it there as well. That will do it for me, folks. On behalf of myself, all I got to say is learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care, and I'll talk to you guys soon.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.